going on everybody welcome into another edition of the daily energy news beat stand up here on this gorgeous wednesday july 12th 2023 as always i'm your humble correspondent michael tanner coming to you from an undisclosed location here in dallas texas joined by the executive producer of the show the purveyor of the show and the director and publisher of the world's greatest website www.energynewsbeat.com Stuart turley my man how we doing today it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood it's hotter than snot out here in west texas yeah, it's not much better here here in Dallas, my man. It's 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 blazing, but we too survive um, and have brought you a great show. Stu's got an excellent menu. Um, first up, Brent reaches seventy nine dollars on OPEX production cut pledge. Uh, this is a, a tease or a headline of what I will cover, which is oil prices really reaching a, a, a ten week high, which is great. So, um, Stu will cover what those OPEC production cuts really mean um, for the larger global economy. Next up, Kazakhstan turns to Russia to help plug power crisis. This is a super interesting article um, coming out and, and, and really a fallout from that Ukraine war. Next up, bricks and nukes and LNG, the energy transition few are expecting. Stu's got some larger thoughts surrounding um, the meetings that are taking place in Johannesburg. Next up, batteries and renewables are saving Texas during the heat wave. Yeah, a little counterculture there for you folks. This is an article we pulled out of gold. Um, be interesting to dive, dive in to see uh, what Forbes has to say. So apparently renewables are saving us. Thank goodness. They're saving us and the whales. So all good to hear. Uh, next up, Texas to receive $60 million from U.S. Department of Energy to strengthen the electric grid. We love that. Stu will toss it over to me. I'll quickly cover again what happened with rising oil prices today. Currently sitting about $74.82. We do have the API crude oil inventory numbers to cover. And then a, a quick overview of the, of the Ring Energy M&A action. They, they, they go ahead and buy Founders Oil and Gas for a little bit of cash. So I'll cover uh, um, what that means. And, and we'll poke a little bit of fun about their, uh, their, their acreage spacing. But uh, before we do all that, guys, again, Check us out, world's greatest website, www.energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all of your energy news. All the stories we are about to cover are courtesy of that website. Hit the description below. Stu and the team does a great job of curating them to make sure it stays up to speed with all of your best energy news. Dashboard energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all of your data and energy news combo. Get it while you still can. It's it's going somewhere, folks. Like I'm pounding the dead horse here, but I promise you guys, hit that uh, 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 link below if you want to sign up to get early access to V2. Um, we'd love to show you what we've been working on. Um, but that's about it, Stu. What do you got for us? Where do you want to begin? I'll tell you what, Michael. No, it, we're just going to have some serious fun here. Brent breaches 79 bucks on OPEX production uh, cut uh, pledges. Uh, at the time we're recording this, uh, WTI is at 74.81, and it looks like Brent is 78.61. So it backed off just a little bit. So here's what we got going on. Uh, Saudi Arabia last week announced that it was extending its 1 million barrels per day production cut into the month of August. It's going to continue longer than that. Uh, Saudi lollipop that keeps on giving. What is it? How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? How many licks does it take to get to the center of the lollipop that Saudi's got out right? Hopefully a while. It will be. Uh, now, oil prices responded immediately with a 1% increase. A few traders suggest the market should have responded with a bigger bang. Hmm. 
uh, fundamentals. I, Michael, I gave up trying to work on fundamentals on oil and gas anymore. Um, OPEC. I think it's interesting, Stu. People hear me opine about what I think oil prices should be every day. Well, right. you know, we're, we're, what do you think in light of every in light of what Saudi Arabia is doing? Clearly showing that they want higher prices. Clearly right. with this with this move to cut. Where do you see things going? Where do you see things going from here? I, I see there is only one way oil prices can go. That's up. Yep. There, there is no doubt in my mind, we're short trillions of dollars investing in oil and gas in order to meet just normal decline curves. Let's take the next step up. Oil demand is not going to go down. Uh, wow. The more we go renewable, the more oil and gas we're going to use. I'm sorry. I've had that formula for years, Michael. You know it. You've been living in the twilight zone for too long. But you know what? People are like. It's true, though. You're starting to see it. I mean, quite honestly, it probably rolls into um, some of the articles we'll cover up here. But no, I tend I, I tend to agree with you, Stu. I am I am turning a little bit bullish on oil. We 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 did see um some estimates come out today um saying that ninety dollar uh WTI is still obtainable this year. Um that was out of Inveris Intelligence Research. Um we love them over there. Even though they stopped sponsoring the podcast, but that's okay. We now only think they're semi-smart. See, that's the nice part about sponsoring the podcast. We say you're uber smart. And you don't sponsor the podcast, you're just you're averagely smart. Um, well, so, making, um, but they were still saying that 90 them. is still obtainable, which I probably tend to lean that way more than I tend to lean. Oil should be 50. If you had to put a, the proverbial gun to my head. Um, I don't want to do that. I need you. Uh, Kazakhstan, we're going to go to the next one. Kazakhstan turns to Russia to help plug power crisis. This has got a lot of stuff in there because of the geopolitical stuff going on. First uh, paragraph in there is the vulnerability of Kazakhstan, uh, vital oil and gas uh, to the nation's crumbling electricity network was exposed this week when a major power outage hit the west of the country with widespread repercussions for export pipelines. Fields and refineries. That whole mess over there in Kazakhstan is absolutely a mess with all the pipelines dependent on Russia. It, let me go down here. One of the most significant impacts was seen at the Caspian Pipeline Consortium, which transports 80% of Kazakhstan's crude oil exports, or 1.2 million barrels per day. That's nuts. Yeah, we love our folks over at Energy Intel. I think this is an interesting quote from Ben Goodwin. He's the director of analysis over at Prism Political Risk Management. He says, you know, Kazakhstan's infrastructure crisis is clearly the result of years of neglect of critical physical infrastructure. He does note that corruption must be part of his story. However, behind this neglect is also a failure of reform. The government has not put the market mechanisms in place that would break down monopolies or cartels, nor created a climate that will stimulate investment or production, blah, 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 blah. So we basically... Um, there's probably some corruption going on over there. You can't say you can't say there's not. No, I, I think there's corruption over there, but it's not as bad as Ukraine, which is a crime scene right now. Yeah. So let's take a look at uh, is, is Hunter Biden on any of these uh, boards, by the way. We should probably fact check some of this. Just joking. Um, 
kidding. Oh, no, that's worth an investigation. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch Hunter. Uh, so Did Castro- you leave something at the White House a couple weeks ago, by the way? Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I gave that up for Lent 20 years ago. <laughs> just, just giving you uh, a hard time. Yeah, uh, they while Kazakhstan has a lot of gas, half of its production is re-injected and consumption is rising so fast, exports could halt by 2025. That's a lot of exports people depend on from yeah. that. It's 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 not good. And we hope for uh, the global energy sake, they can get that stuff turned around. Um, All right. Let's move over to BRICS as spooky as that is. OK, I love the title of this. That's why we got it. BRICS, nukes and LNG, the energy transition few are expecting. Stu agreeing with BRICS. Huh? I'm, I'm ready for this one. I, I, I'll tell you what. Um. People are underestimating the stupidity of our current administration in weaponizing the dollar. Uh, In the energy world, this is the second paragraph now, we are relentlessly uh, told relentlessly that an energy transition is underway and that the rate of change is dizzying and unprecedented to a, a certain extent that is true. New technologies are being developed and that might be quite revolutionary. Assuming we can integrate them into anything resembling a cost-effective manner. I love that. Uh, Yeah, Um, it's good. Some of the bigger problems. The first is global rise of LNG. Michael, LNG, there are countries all over the place. I believe it was Indonesia yesterday just signed another 20-year LNG contract. We know China Mm -hmm. has signed 25-year contracts. We know all of... So why is LNG, if everybody's going to be renewable, why are all these 20-year contracts coming in? Yeah, because they... It's, look at me over here, don't to distract from what we're really doing over here. Exactly. It's the puppet guy behind it. Oh, Oh yeah. And and so when you take a look at it, the, the emerging markets are coal. I still think we need to let like Africa use their natural resources and their natural gas. We need to let, I mean, it's called the, the world fine. The world bank is only financing renewables. Let's let them, let's get them electricity first. Anyway, uh, 10 years ago, BRICS was started by Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. There's about three or four other articles that came across the desk. And there is even more demand. It's now the dollar is being accelerated yep. out. So, yep, we're, we're, we're the energy news beats. We, we've got our BRICS membership in. How's, do we, have we heard anything yet? How's our application doing? Um, they didn't like the amount of money that I was offering to pay for graft to go in. And uh, so I'm waiting on the kickback number that they want. Okay. We only see. So uh, SMRs. Small modular reactors is actually coming up to actually fit into this discussion. The rapidly growing BRICS group is looking to forge its own pathway to counter the influence of the West and and have more active in how they should be developing. This is really crazy. Russia is stepping to the front of the nuclear exports for energy. Ah, they're going to be developing nuclear facilities for folks. We should be doing that, but I don't think we know how to do that. 
Well, we have a regulatory process that doesn't allow us to develop nuclear quick enough to compete with some of these, you know, what we would consider more state sponsored places where you're going to have much either more interference in the government or less interference in the government, depending on who you are. Oddly, a little bit like like what we have here, except we just mask it and cloak it all in just weird regulations that nobody can understand. But um, I think it is interesting, the combination of what BRICS is going to do. They're obviously going to be a key player in the energy going forward, considering they have China and India a part of them. So as BRICS goes, so will energy demand, because whatever they want will follow them. Um, Let's move to this next one, Stu. Tell us how batteries and renewables are saving us. I love this article. It was great. Uh, at first, I thought it was a picture of the view. It was uh, one uh, for our podcast listeners, a picture of a cow. And I really thought it was a picture of one of the members on the view. So, you know, uh, sorry, that's what attracted me um, to the article. So when we're sitting here along with Texas, um, the South, Texas, Michael, has some of the single best. We are now just recently outperforming California in the amount of renewable energy used on the grid. So Texas is not only are we oil and gas, we're renewable. We we got nuclear. And, and so, hey, I'm all about Texas. Love me some Texas. Yes. I think what we have to realize is this. It's the battery storage that's been saving us, not necessarily the dispatchable wind and solar that's been available right now. And we can store electricity and batteries in multiple ways. We can use, you know, so I think that's the critical component to this article. Yes. When you come down into the the storage, now, how much does storage add to the cost per kilowatt per hour in maintenance in adding it in there. And so California, I have to throw that. I have to fact check myself, but I believe it was around 27 cents uh, per kilowatt hour. And Texas is half of that. So uh, a good chunk of our stuff is still natural gas. Good. Mm -hmm. You know, we, and so you sit back and we have four nuclear reactors to the one that uh, California is running. So plus all the people are moving from California uh, to Texas, and I hope they leave their voting policies there. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have to realize Texas accounted for 70 percent of the grid battery additions in the first three months, resulting in thirty three hundred megawatts. So, I mean, it's we've got the grid. The market will come with an efficient way to solve the problem. We're not. ERCOT wasn't just going to sit around and keep letting this happen again. The market was going to figure it out. And guess what? It's finding out. It's storage is what we need. And the money's being funneled into the storage. And and that's the way it should be, because, uh, okay, if you are 100 percent oil or 100 percent natural gas and you're going to fail, if you're 100 percent coal, you're going to fail. If you're 100 percent nuclear, you're going to fail. We need all forms of energy to elevate the humanity out of the poverty. Here's where it gets a little silly. You got to balance it out to the lowest kilowatt per hour. Nobody seems to be able to figure that one out. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about, uh, speaking of Texas, the DOE is helping us out here. You love it. Uh, 600 million, I think is. 60 million. I wish it was 600. Uh, Oh yeah. 60 million. Oh, that's about what the Biden's got. I think. I could be wrong. I read that just recently. Anyway, the Bidens in Russia, they know the Russian Bidens, the the Mm, other part of the Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So uh, the Texas Division of Emergency Management will receive 60.6 million from the Department of Energy to really add in strength. 
it took three billion dollars to get the wind farm energy from West Texas and Abilene and everything else to Dallas and the eastern part of the state. Uh, so I don't know how ERCOT's pricing that thing in there. The new funding is part of a $207 million grant. The feds provide nine states and three tribal nations to reduce the effects of extreme weather on electrical grids. I love it. Yeah. Hey, we'll take all the help we can get. If we're going to put, if we're going to dump money somewhere in the porculus bill, dump it into the grid. There are worse places to dump it. There was not, okay, of two, uh, 270 million, 200, whatever, the, let me go look at the number. Over the I'm next sure five years, the federal government plans to distribute $2.3 billion in grid resilience and tribal formula grants. Yay! That is phenomenal. But how many trillions was the Inflation Reduction Porculus Act? Uh, it was in the, I don't know. Yeah, so... We actually need trillions to be placed into the grid only. So, hey, as long as a few billion float into my pocket, I'm good. Hey, that's it. Uh, what's a few billion between friend? But I think we got to have a T-shirt made. What's a few trillion between friends now? And imagine by the time this show ends, Stu, in, in, in 20 years, it's going to be what's what's after a trillion? A gazillion. A gazillion. <laughs> it's a gazillion between friends. Um, You got anything else? Nah, let's let's hear about ring and then, and the rest of the stuff. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll start with oil prices guys. We're actually up 2%. Um, you know, you know, we're talking about a 10 week high here. Mainly off the back of some weaker dollar um rising demand forecasts. Again, we did see that the IEA come out and and, and dropped a little bit of a new report that basically said that the market's going to be tightening come towards the end of the year to give you guys an idea. Or excuse me, this is the EIA. So we think that, you know, we, we, we like this a little bit better. We like this a little bit better. You know, EIA came out and said we've got oil, global oil output will rise from 99.9 million barrels per day in 2022 to 101.1 million barrels per day in 2023. And in 2024, 102.6 million barrels of oil today, while demand will be sitting at 99. Four in 2022 to 101.2 to 102.8 in 2024. So they project a slightly underbalanced market, if you notice, by 100,000 barrels a day, if you notice. So what does that mean for prices going forward? We just covered it in the long term. It's probably why Stu and I are bullish. The, the, the IEA you know, good luck to them. They're they're publishing their new forecast next week, you know, right on it, you know, ahead of the game, you know. They're too busy dealing with the IPCC. So they, they were at the IPCC last week. They're on loan now to the EIA or they get sent back to the World Economic Forum. Okay, so it's just, um, <laughs> they're, um, you know, we got U.S. crude oil output is going to rise to about 12.6 million barrels um, a day, up from 11.9. So whoop, whoop, there we go. Um, and we'll sit at 12.9 in 2024. Consumption uh, will be about 20.3 million barrels and 20.4 and 20.8 in 2023 and 2024. So Stu, you were right. They've got demand up, 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 up. Oh, but we're going to EVs now, aren't we? It won't make any difference. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, But what what does that mean going forward? I think there's just a lot of bullish sentiment happening right now. I think the tides the tides are shifting a little bit. People have been saying oil needs to pop for a while. I've been a little bit skeptical, but you're starting to win me over a little bit, Stu. You can only ride the dead horse for so long before you got to hop on the train, and it might be about time to, to to place some bets here. So 
all is well there. We did see the I, the API come out and in, and do a 3.02 million barrel build in the estimate for this for the strategic petroleum crude oil reserves, which you guys here on Wednesday will hear at about 10 a.m. Central. Um, that did nothing to curb appetites, though. We were still up again two percent all day. So nobody. I mean, again, the tide is turning bullish considering the stuff. I thought I thought it hilarious to bring up. We've got our favorite team over at Ring Energy. You know, they did a $75 million cash transaction over there in the Central Basin platform. To give you guys an idea, that's Ector County, Texas. They went ahead and buy out all of those assets from Founders Oil and Gas for 3,600 net acres. Give you guys an idea, they paid about 2.3 adjusted EBITDA. Slow decline, 86% oil. I found this hilarious, Stu. Um, they're saying in 3,600 acres, they got 50 low cost, high rate of return, undeveloped locations. I'll go out on a limb and cut that, divide that by 10, and maybe that'll be what it turns out to be. But um, don't, don't worry. No one will be there to check the numbers when we actually know in two years. So um, it, it, it'll be all good. But trust me, listeners of this show will know. Listeners of the were you know what t-shirts we need? 20 million high quality locations. That's the shirt we need. I just need a shirt that has a bunch of zeros and say high quality drilling locations. IR guy of the week. What do we got here? Who do we have? Contact information. Al, Al Petrie advisors. They're outsourcing their IR. No, that's funny. They're outsourcing their IR to Al Petrie advisors. Sweet. Well, good for Al. He knows so, how to swing a club. Yeah, I was like, so you know you're getting the most quality quality analysis. You've got a contractor on it. Perfect. Oh, and Al's good dude, though. All right. Are you done? <laughs> you sure. I was okay. going to beat him up more, but I guess he's your friend, so we won't. Oh, no, he's he's a good dude. Um, uh, hey, Iraq, uh, something to prove along the same thing. Total Energy, um, you know, that's about as French as I get. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went totally to the green side uh, and we covered that. And then all of a sudden they had to go, well, maybe renewable, not any profit when Siemens lost 1.2 trillion. You know, Mm -hmm. you start looking at all this kind of stuff. Iraq and Total Energy just are signing a massive oil, gas and renewable deal. Ah, Iraq can't do this on their own. So Total is now hypocrisy deluxe. Uh, I have to look up what hypocrisy is in in French. But Mushetti. Yeah, me. Okay, we're going to get banned from France. That was a good one. Uh, Yeah, we're going to get banned from France. But this is a perfect example of what's going to happen is that you're going to see these closet sneak-ins for more oil going in. Why would Total be putting in money into Iraq when it's a dangerous place unless they see profits? Yeah, I mean, let's go. Let's move. We're going to let's do the show in Iraq, Stu. Will they sponsor us? Um, Total? After my French? Absolutely. Last time I was in some places speaking French, I ordered an oven broiled tractor. No, I can't speak French. All right, guys, on that lovely note, we'll let you get out of here. Um, we appreciate you checking us out um, here on this Wednesday, uh, July 12th. For Stuart Turley, I'm Michael Tanner. Folks, we'll see you tomorrow. 